Welcome to Force Bikes. As always, I'm your host, Jonathan, along with my co-host, Greg. Hello. And today we're actually bringing our episode via Skype. It's our first time using it, but we want to get comfortable with this software before we bring in any guests. So bear with yeah, us. We this... in, we want to bring in some uh, guests that aren't necessarily from the Milwaukee area, and we can only pick up via some, some type of technology like this. Right, so we're gonna try it out. So we're gonna try it out with Skype tonight. Bear with us because it might not uh, sound as good, but hopefully it'll yield some good benefits in other ways. So, moving. Also, give us your feedback on on sound quality, stuff like that, stuff that we normally wouldn't ask for. Uh, give us your opinion. Okay, and in tonight's episode, we're going to be bringing you some really good stuff. This is, of course. Uh, right before states are recording on Tuesday late night because we actually had a draft we went to before this. Um, so today we'll be going over the pre-release weekend, the upcoming release weekend, and our thoughts. We're going to go over states and the prep we will be doing for that. We're going to be going over. We're going to be going over a couple shoutouts as well as. Uh, new segment and a couple other mentions that we're going to throw in there. So, to begin, uh, Greg, we had a pre-release this last weekend. Yeah, there were a lot of events to choose from, depending on your geographic region and what whether you wanted to, to start a draft, not a draft, a, a sealed event at midnight, go till six thirty a.m., which I had the pleasure of doing, and unfortunately, uh, John had to, to be a normal person and, and wake up in the morning. Um, Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to uh, work very early the the morning after that pre-release, but we kind of have a tradition in Milwaukee of uh, midnight pre-release, and there used to be, it, it's kind of moved around, so now a new store hosted it, and for their first night, they had a full house. I talked to the owner, and he mentioned that they were actually basically completely at capacity, which is great. Good for them for their first one. That's the one we gave a shout-out to last week, Silver Spring Games and Hobby. How did it go for you? It was phenomenal. Went for the Friday draft prior to that M11 11 draft, uh, and, no, and and typically the the Friday before a pre-release is pretty awful in terms of attendance, which it was. But then I played some Ascension and helped set up, and the set the space was actually uh, quite nice, well lit for for a midnight for midnight events. Seemed very similar to something you would expect, well lit in the middle of the day. It was. If you weren't tired, which is actually quite important in, in that kind of for that kind of a event to go well, so um, props on the on the location for for being so so well lit and, and comfortable. Even though there was, I believe the count was 42, 42 people. Uh, very good. I haven't. I, I can't say that I've ever been to a pre-release of that that size, let alone a midnight. Great. A lot of friendly faces from all across the casual and competitive parts of Milwaukee, and yeah, it was a And it's interesting to say that 42 is a lot, because Greg is a little newer to the scene, and I used to remember when pre-releases and releases were huge, they have since localized all those events, and now they kind of decentralized the way that everything's done. And this was right before Greg was getting into the game, back again, into the tournament scene. Way back when, Greg, there used to be these huge tournaments, hundreds and hundreds of people, tons of flights going all day and all night, and 
it was a really big event to go to. And I really actually kind of miss those. They were usually regional. So maybe we'd go down to Chicago. They had, they used to have them in Milwaukee. And that those tournaments were how pre-releases, releases, uh, all those things were done. And since then, Wizards has really made a push to kind of boost up the local stores and decentralize the way things are done. And therefore, it's good in the sense that all the local stores get to benefit a lot more from it. It's bad in the sense that 42 is, quote-unquote, a lot. Sure. When back in the day, 432 would be fair. Like, that's a good amount. That would be a good event. And that's like a good-sized turnout. And those yeah, were awesome. Nice. Because, yeah, because you got to see people who you haven't seen in a long time, who you only see at those types of tournaments. It was a lot of fun, and it was just a whole event, driving down to Chicago or, you know, seeing everyone, the, you know, it'd be dealers out, it'd be a big thing. It was not exactly like a Grand Prix, but it wasn't too far from it. Those events, unfortunately, are no more, although it's good for local stores and, I guess, for local economies and whatnot to disperse it this way, and it's really... A smart move in the sensible investment in the long-term future of the game. I'm happy on that end, but it's also kind of funny for me and maybe some of the exactly, old-school yeah. listeners exactly. that are that are listening to this to say, oh, 42, that's like a lot of people, you know, it's, so it's kind of funny on that end. On, on, a, on, on a contrast to that number, the new and pre-release uh, time across all of Milwaukee, I think that uh, the average attendance was, was over 30 at the three, at least at the three premier shops that I'm aware of, and I know that there was at least one other uh, one other shop that had, had an event. Like, one, one event had 57. You know, it's just uh, phenomenal numbers in general. Phenomenal as far as my, my understanding, at least in comparison to the last couple of pre-releases. Right. So it's good, and, and it's good that there's a lot of competition out there. There's actually four, because you had the south side, you had where Silver Spring was, you had the mall, and you also had GU, so you you actually had a pretty good, you know, because if you think about it, you did have only, you know, between 30 and 50 people showing up at each one of those for each of the events, but you had them for each of the events, so that's good. And then, on the other hand, you know, it's it's really good for the stores and for the local economy to get that kind of business, and hopefully, like you said, it's building and we'll have even bigger tournaments. I'd like to see the mall at capacity all you know, all, all the time for those types of events. But with the, you know, rough economy, the way it is and everything else, it's understandable. And under the circumstances, it's very good. Anyway, let's let's uh, go into a little bit more detail about the pre-release. Uh, before we went to those, we each decided that we were going to kind of make little thought entries and write down what our perceptions of Scars of Mirrodin was before we went and then how we did in the tournament and what changed in our perceptions afterwards. So, uh, Greg, why don't you start us off with that? What did you think about Scars before the event and how'd you do and what happened afterwards? I took my, my notepad. I was going to uh, take some take some notes during games. And before we started, I wrote down kind of some wishes for my first pool of cards before I really had any true understanding of the interactions other than just looking at reading cards. And what I wrote down and then circled was equipment plus infect. I wanted to see a bunch of infect cards, hopefully one or two, you know, premier uh, rares that, that, that can go into that strategy, and then a contagion class or something that had, had proliferates to kind of work with that strategy. So that was what I wrote down 
Uh, and then under that, I had Arrow. I, I hope for Flight Dragon in specific. Like I really, really wanted to, to, to play with that card. And then I have under that Mirrors and Manifixes. So I thought that you know I, I would need Mirrors and, and Infect together. Uh, and I found out that, that, that those two strategies, later I found out those two strategies are kind of parallel strategies. Mirrors, mirrors can kind of fit in any deck, but you're not really looking to build up to, to some kind of late game when it comes to Infect. You're really more aggro, which I found out rather shortly. So when I opened up my pool, my pool was kind of all over the place. The first thing I looked at, and that was what I kind of told you guys, I believe, uh, last on, on the last podcast, count the, you know, count the number of, of cards with the word infect and, 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 and proliferate on them and kind of start from there. Well, I counted, and I had five cards. I had a putrefact, which is like awesome. That was my first rare. I opened it up and I'm like, yes. And then Black Cleaver Goblin guys. And two Iroquois mirrors, which are the the one one artifact mirror that it has in effect, and if it gets blocked, it's plus two plus two. And then Untamed Might, which is like the giant growth, but it's plus X plus X, which I think is really good in Infect deck because it can randomly, you know, late game if you're still around. If you didn't win, you can all of, if you get one of your one ones in, you can just you know kill 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 your opponent through Infect. So. I looked at that, like, okay, well, let's try and actually build a deck that tries to get there. Uh, I looked at the rest of my cards, saw a couple special red, kind of crap green overall, uh, really strong white, aggro non-infect, and kind of mid-range uh, white cards. There is a, a flyer that costs five, two of which are white, and when it when it comes to get an artifact out of your graveyard and gain life equal to the, to the artifact that you so I kind of built my deck around that and I think I had a the, the five cost 3-3 three, three, uh, golem that proved throughout the day to be just a phenomenal sealed uh, card and I also think it's very good in, in all forms of limited but uh, I kind of built my deck around around that one thing that I noticed very quickly is, is fixing was very minimal the mirrors that I had and I did have a couple were off color mirrors and there are definitely decks where playing off-color mirrors is just fine, but I didn't feel like that was an option for my pool. So I took this pool, and I'm like, all right, so I'm down to about 30 cards, and then they, they warn us that we're almost to time, which for the most of the listeners that actually know me, that doesn't surprise them at all that I, I was running out of time uh, while I was building. Anyway, so I then kind of panic, and uh, I had three colors. I don't remember what the non-white color was. It was white, not entirely sure. It wasn't in red, and what I ended up doing was just cutting my red and running with the white and the other other color and all the artifacts. A bunch of good equipment. Stuff. So anyway, I kind of sleeve up as quickly as possible, go to my first match, and I get blown away by an aggro infect deck. just takes me you know, out in, in two very quick matches. I took too much uh, poison too fast, and quickly came to the realization that the class, the Contagion class, is absolutely phenomenal. Like, he said that the Contagion class at four was the top of his curve, that everything that he had was four or less, and he had he had over 15 infect cards to choose from. That was just phenomenal when I look back at my list. So anyway, uh, between that, the first round and the second round, I changed my deck out to add 
a little bit of the red that I, I really wanted to get in there. The, the important one being the one cost instance that is two to a creature or if you have or, or player and metalcraft if you have four. Uh, so I basically I, I transitioned into that, but unfortunately what I, what I ended up realizing, even though I won my next two rounds, uh, I then was in in top deck wars in game four and five of the evenings and ended up two and three because of uh, being in situations where my mana was was easily disrupted because of the fact that I was playing three colors with virtually no fixing. So that was my that was my my story and uh, you know the, the the sleeper card of the of the draft, as far as I was concerned, was Contagion Class. Now, I didn't, don't get me wrong, I thought it was good before, but that card, I won a game based on Infect. I had, I, I played the um, Your Claw Mirror, and I also had, I had a, I, oh, that black is my, my other main color, because I had a, a mythic black guy that, not Infect, the guy that steal, that can steal creatures out of graveyard, milk cards into the graveyard, that guy, and I ended up stealing a, seeing a Blight Dragon uh, after they quickly killed the Blight Dragon, but I got to swing once, and then I, I proliferated. That was fun. Johnny, still there? Yep. Yeah, I, I ramble and ramble, but it was a, it was a great time. Unfortunately, the, the results were, were a, little, a little poor, but uh, I definitely think that I learned a lot, and since then I've, I've played better. And, and how'd you do on Saturday? My Saturday was pretty good. I had a really good Infest deck. Uh, but I'm going to start just by going over my initial thoughts, and then I'll go over the day, and then I'll go over what I concluded. I think green was probably my favorite uh, overall, and my initial hope was that I would open a lot of good green. I, th- I thought that Infect could be pretty good. I wasn't sure how good. I also thought that Flyers were fairly rare and therefore uh, important to consider, and those are my initial thoughts. Now, after... Opening my sealed pool, I had a bunch of good poison, so I just went with an infect deck, and and I had a black-green infect deck with some good supporting stuff. I had two of the Gravedigger guys, as well as Putrefax, so I was able to uh, do really well with that. I ended up going X and 1, um, played against a lot of other poison decks, and there were actually, it's interesting, there were three Koths that were open that day by three different people. It was kind of awesome, but also I was kind of jealous that I didn't get one, but luckily people were kind and I ended up being able to trade for mine so the cube can have at least one. Hopefully I can get a couple more for myself as well to play with in tournaments and whatnot, but it was cool. And my uh, round two opponent, excuse me, round three opponent was also uh, 2-0, and my buddy Dave, uh, who... When he first started coming to the store, and I don't know if you, if you remember Dave, uh, but you probably recognize him if you saw him. You know, he wasn't, I, I wouldn't say he's awful, but he was really like, he was kind of a Timmy and just really interested in that type of stuff. But after I kind of took him under my wing and, you know, we, we would go over stuff and he would ask for my advice after drafts on how to build his deck. And he was actually always a, a fairly strong drafter, but he just, you know, wouldn't put in the right cards or the right amounts and whatnot. So we would go over his decks, and each time I would always tell him why I thought this decision should be made over that decision or why this creature is efficient and that spell isn't or whatever. 
And he would listen, and, you know, we'd have some back-and-forth discussion over it. And he ended up getting much better. And now, when we play, I think he's, I think in the last, like, five matches, he's got me, like, 4-1 to one or 3-2 to two or something. So he's tearing the crap out of me. And now, you know, the Frankenstein has come back to haunt me because he's just on a tear. And every time I see him, I'm like, ugh. You know, you just got, I got that curse going on with him. So he ended up beating me this time as well. Partially because I punted a game two, because game one I just destroyed him, turn five, you know, smash. But game two, I was like, well, I'm stuck on one land, and, you know, I'm I'm going to keep it because I'm not that scared of his deck. I, I'll just try it out, and we were joking around. I thought it would be fun. And I kept the one land, but I ended up not getting anything else the whole uh, game, so he got me you know, pretty easy on that one, and I was stuck on one land for the whole thing. Game three was really close back and forth. He got me, well, I had him at nine counters for a very long time, but runner, 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 six lands in a row, meaning no bueno, and when you draw that many lands, it's it's uh, not a good thing in an infect deck. So anyway, he beat the crap out of me, as he has been known to do lately, and it was fun, and now I've vowed my revenge on him via Facebook, so hopefully that'll come to fruition. And round three w went to him. Round four I just destroyed, and I ended up going X1 and getting some packs, so it was nice. My thoughts now are that, my initial thoughts after the deck was that I will only draft poison, and I will force it no matter what. And I ended up doing it in the draft we did later, and I got second place. And I ended up doing it in the draft we did today, just before the podcast, and I didn't lose a game, even though uh, the person to the right of me, directly right of me, was going the exact same strategy, which also happened in the other draft. So I, you know, might have just gotten lucky where pack two I opened what I needed to pass to the other guy, uh, instead of him passing to me twice as much, but for whatever reason, it's worked out. I think Infect is the stone cold, and I highly recommend it. Although, interesting now is going to be... It, you, you know, every, I think a lot of people are going to start doing this, so it's going to require some more uh, subtle uh, strategy in metagaming in the same way that if everyone's going Infect, maybe building an efficient red deck that has a lot of two-for-ones or, you know, efficient removal spells, like the Uncommon that does two damage to one creature and one or player and one damage to another creature or player, etc., is going to be the way to go or what have you. For now... I think Infect is awesome, and that was the takeaway. So overall, in the tournaments I played, I won X1, X1, and XO. In the drafts, I got second and first. So off to an okay start. Could always be better, so we're going to keep working on improving the game. But I'm pretty happy with the set. I think that it offers a lot of interesting diversity and opportunities for people to you know, mess around with it as far as the strategy. I don't know if it's as deep as Rise was. Rise of Eldrazi was very deep, but it definitely seems like there's some cool deep interactions. In of, deep in terms of potential draft archetypes? Uh, yes. Well, and see, that's the thing. As people say these draft archetypes, and that's not even what I'm talking about because a draft archetype is so narrow to me. And... Sure. I like to be a little more subtle. For example, in both of the drafts, when I was getting cut from Infect, I couldn't just go straight black-green because I was getting cut so heavily, and I, I knew it, you know, and I could right away pick up that the person to my right was going 
the same strategy as me when, you know, it's pretty obvious, obviously, because you're sitting to the left. And actually, today, it happened to be Greg who was sitting to my right. So, Greg, when you were cutting me out of Infect, I just was like, well, I'm going to pick up these two... I picked up uh, two of the uh, steady progresses, and I picked up one of the uh, mana fixing, the um, one casting cost artifact that you can pay two and grab uh, land, put into your hand, and if you pay a green draw a card, I picked up some of that because I knew that I'd have to diversify a little bit, and it ended up working out great. And I was able to splash some blue and mess around with it. And the same thing with the other draft, I had to you know, diversify a little bit. So I would say that the archetypes are important to recognize early. Like it seems that red, white seems really good. There's a lot of efficient removal and beaters and, you know, some good pressure. You know, there's a lot of interesting strategies out there. I really like the bounce in blue, etc. But what I'm talking about isn't exactly draft archetypes as much as the subtleties that fall within whatever archetype you're drafting that can really make or break the deck. I think picking up on those subtleties and hints in the cards that go pretty late, but maybe you know you could you could use to some great success. That's that's what I really mean. Uh, if that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, I'm curious ahead. to see how in, in as as we get a few more drafts under both of our belts, whether the depth of you know aggro infects whether whether that depth will continue to shine because. You know, not not to take anything away from either of our decks, but we had some pretty awesome infect cards. We each had a putrefax, uh, one that I got passed to me third pick from from the right, and you got one that I didn't see that came from the left. And you had a contagion engine, and I had a contagion class. Those are cards that are just insane at archetype. Now, now don't get me wrong, I won I won games. I think I only only saw the putrefacts in one game, uh, with the, uh, that's not true, in two games. And that wasn't the basis of, of the deck, but at the same time, when you see that card, and the fact that that card was passed, you know for, for a fact that is a very clear, strong signal that the deck strategy is open. Whereas, I don't know if it will be as open going forward while simultaneously having so many packs that just provide three good infect cards in them. Whether they all have infect on them. Okay, so three three good poison strategy cards. Whereas we definitely had had the support for two players that were sitting next to each other. Even as you know we were cutting each other in, in those in those the packs that we were, we were shipping. I'm curious to see how how deep in fact really will be when people like yourself who have had just nothing but absolute success, just absolute success with, with in fact to see how it will go when you've got three or four people just forcing it the whole time. Even with some some variance to, to make you know, Infect plus proliferate. I'm curious. But uh, it's definitely very it's it's definitely very good. Right. So, moving right along, uh, we had those interesting tournament reports, and we'd love to hear how it went for you. Let us know, email us, and let us know, or check out our Facebook page, comment on there, how your draft went, how your seals went, how your pre-release was, and 
how your release events go. So get at us. Uh, let's give some shout-outs quickly to Caleb and Rhino for tearing it up. They both are pretty much al- almost undefeated. I know Rhino I Caleb, went like... Caleb, I think Caleb was undefeated. He went 5-0 on, on Friday and fairly confident that he went 4 on Saturday. I think Rhino said he went he went like 19 matches and lost 3 or something crazy like that out of 19 or... Two out of nineteen. So he said that in his first fifteen games, games he won. <laughs> right. Well, he he also mentioned that his he had some ridiculous match, like nineteen matches to three or something like that. Anyway, he's a great player. Good job, good job, Caleb. What advice would we give to someone to their release event who hasn't been to a pre-release before? Uh, I would just say take a look through your deck and. Try to go all in on a strategy and just build around that. If it's going to be Infect, you don't want to be having cards that just deal damage and deal Infect. You don't want to run the 2-2 that becomes a 4-4 Metalcraft, unless it's purely defensive for some reason. But you don't want to run cards that you think are like, oh, this is a 4-4, I'm going to play him, because that's just diluting your path to victory, and it's going to hurt you. Because, yeah, someone could have four poison counters and be at you know, nine life, but ultimately that's not going to get you there. They need to have... You're giving your opponent twice as long with, with either strategy. You're, 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 you're guaranteeing to give your opponent a minimum of twice as long right. by, by having that kind of thing, which means you're going to... Right. So, yeah, so just dedicate yourself to that. Or, conversely, if you want to go Metalcraft, that's fine, but one, be wary that there are a lot of one-for-one artifact destructions, or even two-for-ones, such as uh, there's a forecasting cost, 3-3, 3 in a red, that destroys an artifact when it comes into play. There's shatters at common, etc. So... Yep, there's a white common uh, disenchant, which is at sorcery speed, and instead of destroying it, just removes it from the game completely. There's a lot of that stuff, which means that two things. One, be wary of that when you're going a metalcraft strategy... And hopefully you have the Hippogriff to get your artifacts back, which is 3 white-white for 3-3 flying. When it comes to play, return target artifact from a graveyard to your hand. Gain that much life. The life equal to its converted manning cost. If you have stuff like that, great. Be wary that that's going to happen and people will be gunning for your artifacts. And two, be wary of the math. When you're in combat and they have a red and X open, they might just, you know, they, you know, you know that joke, you might be a redneck when or whatever... Well, they might mess up your Metalcraft when that's open, so if you just have three artifacts on the board and that happens, make sure that you're conscious of that, because you might get blown out by it if you're not looking for it. Any other thoughts people should have? No, you, I mean, you're definitely preaching to the choir with pretty much everything you said. I was talking about that earlier earlier today, that every 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 that I faced in either draft or, or sealed that tried to do two things just fell flat. Like it, it wasn't. It wasn't even. It wasn't even magic. Points like that when we when we played in the in the winner box, where I didn't have an infect uh, deck that time. I played this mirror like mono white with mirror battle, whatever the seven cost amazing mirror mirror battle sphere. Yep. Yeah. So I, I played. I played a a crazy de- deck that I, uh, I. I believe I lost two games on the day. One of which. Um, was against 
a player that, that, that brought me to a, to a draw. Yep, John but, Doherty, uh, new friend of ours. There was, there was at least one opponent that game, and I think two opponents the previous, previous day, which were just real wishy-washy with, with their deck, and it, it was like, okay, so you're giving me enough time to do whatever I want. I don't have to work around your, your strategy because you're not, you're not presenting a, 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 a cumulative mass of infect guys to make me concerned. You know, it's just, it's just easier to play around, which is, which is really bad when you're, when you're trying to, to be, you know, to have an aggro strategy like Infect. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I pretty much completely agree with that. Yep. And, uh, one other thing I would just suggest for the release weekend, if you haven't seen it before, uh, be wary that when you first look at your cards, you can have way more artifacts. And then you'll have yeah. any color, and it's going to look weird because that's not normally how it goes. But it's also good because you can build a deck that only has five white cards and seven black cards, and that's perfectly fine. And don't get freaked out about that, and don't try to force extra stuff in there that shouldn't be in there. Be fine with all the artifacts because sometimes that's how it's going to go. Also, Proliferate is great if you get either of the Contagion cards, Contagion Engine and Contagion Clasp, play it. They're great. They go in any deck. They're always good. And be very happy that you got it. And also look for cool little combos, like the Mirror Lord that untaps other mirrors and the Shotgun. What's that called? Shotgun. Uh, I'm not sure, but it costs four. It costs three, and it costs four to equip and tap target creature, equipped creature deals two, da- two damage to target creature or player and doesn't untap and it's untap step. So there's cool little combos. There's a lot of little fun trinkets to work around with in there and some great synergies. And yeah, it's great. And I had a great time. And, uh, and one of the cool surprises at the pre-release was actually I was sitting down and I started to... Uh, construct and I got a tap on the shoulder and looked up and there's a guy who I'd played a couple times before but didn't know that well and he said hey nice to see you today or something like that and I said yeah you too man how are you and you know he exchanged a couple niceties and then he said oh and uh, nice podcast last time I said oh thanks a lot you know really appreciate it he said you know I'm the be me and I said oh (laughs) hey what's going on man so I got to meet the BB live and in person, it was uh, great. I've actually met him before. We played against each other a couple times. A very competitive guy, but also a very nice dude. And competitive in the way that it's actually fun to play against. Not competitive in the way where it's a total jerk and you want to be out of the game as quickly as possible because they're just being a schmuck about everything and it's annoying. The good kind of competitive, and that's how the BB was to play against. So, great guy. And he actually took one for the team that day because instead of playing the whole tournament like the rest of us, the people who would normally run it were feeling a little under the weather, so he decided to step up and actually sit out so he could help run the tournament, which was great, and also probably gave him some interesting perspective, and we want to wish him the best luck because he'll be going to uh, Grand Prix in Toronto. So good luck, Uh, represent Milwaukee well, and we look forward to your triumphant return. And... uh, yeah, it was it was great talking with him, and he is probably one of the most prevalent voices on MTG Cast these days. So check him out, the Beamy. He's also on Twitter uh, at the Beamy. So 
we talked, we talked a little bit of sports and some magic and stuff. And like I said, just really sweet guy, very nice. Uh, and also, you know, we appreciate him giving us the shout out on MTG cast Monday night magic. Uh, so yeah, so that was fun. That was a nice little surprise. So yeah, meeting the BME was great and playing was great. It's been a pretty good magic weekend all around. Now that we've talked a bit about what happened during our pre-release events, we talked a little bit about what, what we recommend doing in the release events. Uh, let's actually move on towards uh, states. But before we talk about standard and states, let's quick take a, a brief intermission and then we'll be back after the break. Sounds good. We'll see you guys in a bit. Right, and we are back uh, to round out this podcast with the last half of our show. And what are we going to be doing for states, Greg? Well, I know what I'll be doing. I uh, am going to be volunteering. I'm going to be helping my girlfriend with a sale. She's doing some volunteer work in South Africa, so we have to uh, try to do some fundraising for that. And then... uh, I have some foundation work I have to do, so I unfortunately can't go to the States. Run out again. I know. Gen Con. We'll be going to States. And everything else. (laughs) Ah, so jealous. Um, Just as an FYI to any any listeners that don't know about States, what it is, uh, first of all, the date, it's Saturday, October 9th, 2010, obviously, which is a week from Saturday. Uh, Is it October 9th or October 16th? It's October 9th. It's, It's next week. It's next week Saturday, because it's right after, it's the first weekend right after release week. Oh, are you serious? Absolutely. It is Ooh. right around the corner. Which hey, that just kidding. Get, no, I get to go. You can go. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> oh, back on. Okay. Oh, that's right. It's the PTQ. Oh, you're totally right. Yeah, I was completely PTQ, confusing which, that. Which sucks, but all the work, you, I mean, you, you want to win states more than you want to it's a toss-up. That's a toss-up. I would love to go to Paris, and if I did, I would probably maybe save up a bunch of money and try to get Diane out there, too, and that would be awesome, and I would be off the hook for our anniversary then, but, uh, <laughs> present, but, uh, no, I, I think that, I think that I would rather, you know what, I'd rather have both. Let's shoot for that. But there's only one states each year, and it's multiple PTQs, so that is some really good news. I totally had it confused. You're absolutely right. My... Dates are kind of spinning around. So, States is coming. It's back on, like Donkey Kong. Let's bring the rain. Uh, Greg? I'll take it from here while you ponder the fact that you can now actually play at States. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> that's, that's, that's a pretty big deal. Um, states, is, states is phenomenal. So, I've only, I've only been to one. So, a lot of my impression is A, off of that one, and B, off of all of these stories that I've heard about how phenomenal States is most years. Uh, last year, States was actually in December, which apparently is not the norm. The norm is that States is shortly after the rotation, which is exactly the situation this year, which is, to me, you know, completely phenomenal, amazing. There, There is no... This is the deck to beat in terms of, you know, um, proven decks to beat because it's just after the rotation. It's the first big tournament, and that tournament is uh, little microcosms all across the United States because it's each state. So 
what you're going to be dealing with is not the national metagame, but really the, the local metagame, which makes it in a way more difficult, you know, and in a way more, you know, easy. And in, 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 by more difficult, I mean you can't just go online and say, you know, read Star City Games, what are the decks to play, and that's going to for sure be the decks you see, which right. is kind of the, the reality when you talk about bigger tournaments. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for, the, for this opportunity to really uh, prove, prove myself and, and for, for Milwaukee to, to, to show its, its competitive strength, uh, both in Standard and in Magic in general again. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, are you are you excited, John? Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> I am uh, pretty psyched, especially because I love a wide open format like this where the pros haven't really gotten into it yet, and we can do whatever the heck we want. And on that note, I've actually been brewing, even though I couldn't go. I know that a lot of Milwaukee folks want to go, and so for that, I have been working on a couple homebrews, and that's uh, really exciting that I might actually get to play one. Also, by the way, before I get into that, let's just make the announcement now, Greg. If people do want to get in on the Milwaukee area or southeast Wisconsin and do some playtesting before states, give us an email. Let us know. We're going to organize something through Four Spikes, right? Yeah, uh, I think we probably... Uh, we, we very well may even create some, some Facebook events via our our Four Spikes uh, account on there. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is going to be fairly limited to the Milwaukee area. But if you're willing to drive in, you know, you're more than welcome to 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 come. Uh, we are we are really focused on on trying to build up the Milwaukee scene, but that does not mean that our information is, is exclusive. Uh, so yeah, if you want to come from Oregon, go right ahead. Uh, uh, definitely check us out on on, on, Force, uh, on Facebook at Force Bites. So, yep. uh, yeah. For sure. So I'll quickly go over a couple of the uh, – well, I'll go over the main deck I, I've been I've been kind of brewing up. And I have to do a lot more testing. Well, I'll just go over it. And it's going to be in the show notes, so check it out. Uh, but I'll start off. With the, I'll start off with the deck. Um, it's got one Palaka Worm, which is kind of a concession to the fact that there'll be a lot of, uh, there'll probably be quite a bit of red deck wins and other aggressive strategies there. So it's a little bit of a concession of that as a main deck. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Two Explorers, four Vine Trellises, which is the one green, so convert a mana cost two for a zero four wall that can tap to add a green for each wall you control. It's got four preordains, four or two cultivates, three frost titans, and three primeval titans, three acidic slimes, three oracles of Moldaya, four mana leaks, four, uh, three Jace the Mind Sculptors. For lands, it's got one Halmar Depths. Four of the blue-green fetchlands, one uh, of the one maze, the tap four man and tap it to remove target attacking creature opponent controls from the game. Return to play tapped, the end of turn under their control. Uh, three tectonic edges, four Kalani gardens, uh, four forests, and eight islands. And oh, is that eight? One, two, three. Six, seven, and 
and it also runs three of the volition reins. Now it needs a lot of work. One of the first things you might be asking yourselves about this deck is why so many three ofs? Well, with the four preordains, with the jace, with the thinning, I feel like it should be versatile and have a lot of answers, but none of these cards you want to see, you wouldn't want to see a lot of these cards two of in your opening hand, and so that's why I like the three ofs in this deck. It's kind of a blue-green ramp strategy with um, some versatility. It has acidic slimes to uh, take out some relevant stuff. It's got uh, the Titans, which also help take out stuff and provide uh, good, consistent threats. It's got um, Jace, which is a must-have in any blue deck. Same with Mana Leak. Oracle of Maldai is great, although I think it's kind of undervalued at this point, but it's still phenomenal. And I think that Blue-Green Ramp is... It's, it's a deck that has a lot of potential, and it needs to be tested a little bit more, but I really like it. Another um, option is, and, I, and this is one that is just, I think, one of the most powerful options out there, is just a blue, your basic blue-white control deck with four Sun Titans. Sun Titan is absolutely ridiculous um, in this format. Yep. And I'm, I have a couple other ones I'm brewing right now that we're going to be playtesting with, but... That being said, I would say if you honestly want one of the most consistent, hard-hitting, good decks out there, just play Red Deck Wins with four Forkoths. And that's going to do you right, because it is it is played, uh, it's tried and true, it's shown its colors, it's consistent, you know what you're doing, and it just provides a clear path to victory, as opposed to some less tested, more swingy uh, decks out there. Um... And Greg, uh, did you want to go over a couple other deck ideas that you were thinking of? Sure. So, in terms of deck ideas, I'm I'm trying to really breathe in all of the cards that are in standard, all of the ideas that different people have, have either randomly or not so randomly thrown out there, and try and really just like soap it up like a like a sponge and spit out the the either a more likely to be played decks uh-huh. be clearly like top tier decks. Now right. they're not necessarily the same thing, um, but there are definitely some some strategies that are either primed to to see play, and there are some strategies that are just too obvious to ignore in terms of, 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 of top tier. So what do, what do you mean that, by strategies that are, what do you mean by strategies that are primed to see play? So uh, mono red, like mono red, mono red is, is, the, is the, the obvious one in that, in that category. Uh, uh-huh. cost gets spoiled. A deck will be created around that card. It, at a minimum one, one deck. There is no way that you were going to go to States and not face. Well, okay. There, there are going to be too many decks to, to make a comment like that. It's not going to be like John, where you will for sure play a John deck over the course of your day. It's not going to be like that. But what it will be, there, there will be somebody on either side of you <laughs> over the course of, of the course of the day that will be playing a deck that is built around trying to use pop. So that needs to be calculated 
and, and you need to determine, all right, so am I going to be a cost depth? Am I going to play at the cost depth? Am I going to play it to try and beat a cost depth? Or am I going to play a deck that tries to beat everything else? And, and I, like that's, that's, that's really where I, I think that it, it's going, but it's, it's too early to, to get to, to that point because I think there are so many um, A, viable strategies, and B, strategies that whether they're viable or not, people are going to go down. So let me get into some of those archetypes um, as I see them currently. Sure. Um, so in terms of mono red, I think that there's two different ways you can take the cost-based step. Uh, I think you can go with destructive force and without destructive force. So I've 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 already um, messed around with with some different lists. That's the, that's the list that I'm trying the hardest to really conceptualize and figure out, even from a from a general sideboard strategy based on okay, what am I weak to? Not really thinking about specific decks, you know, which is what you're exactly going to do before actual states, but trying to get an idea what does this deck look like and. One is very heavily focused around, all right, I'm going to try and get, ramp up to my destructive force as fast as possible, and with a, with a cough in play, wipe out all the lands, but I still have a, a cough. So that's, that's strategy, strategy A. And strategy B is, screw all that, let's, let's take advantage of Valakut, let's just try and you know, smash your face uh, as, as, as fast as possible, and, and, and out aggro even other aggro strategies. Right. So those are the two 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 mono red strategies as I see them. Uh, I think that there are two. Well, I think there's actually more than two, but there's two blue white control type decks. I think there are more than two blue white decks out there, but definitely two blue blue white control. One that is very permission focused, and one mm-hmm. that is not, which doesn't really surprise anyone, I don't think, based on some of the decks that we saw before. Um, Sun Titan seems to be so strong right now. Right. Um, there are, I think that there are cards that Sun Titan gets that are so strong right now. And also, well, and also, uh, Jace 1.0. Right. Fencer, being able to blink it in and out and get more stuff back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally agree. And, um, uh, and, and, and the good thing about Sun Titan is that it, offers the versatility that you want. Sometimes you needed to get back a tectonic edge. Sometimes you needed to get back a creature that's going to gain you four life when it enters the battlefield or draw you Even a card. A Even a man? Let's say it again. Even a man land. Oh, man land. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So, yeah. Completely agree with that. Now, what do you think about the mono green Be- uh, Beastmaster Ascension? I think that it is one of the strongest options that is pretty much ready-made for you, hmm. that is out Did it gain... I mean, look at the bot deck. Did it look gain up. anything from the new set? Um, I, I don't, I haven't, I haven't been, I haven't been spitting on enough, uh, enough lists to, to, to know exactly what, what it, what it gained. I just know that in terms of what it lost, very limited quantity of things, like Wolffire is still there, yep. Spencer Ascension is still there. Like yep. all, all the, all of the stuff that made mono mono green with these step master ascension a very very strong block based deck. Those cards are still there, obviously. Um, and I wonder if there's any way to use proliferate with that deck now, especially if you are having something like Oren Reef, the Vastwood, and trying to get plus one plus one counters. And by the way, I'm still 
kind of I'm still working on that allies deck that gives plus one plus that gives uh, proliferate and works with that dynamic, but that which still is, works. Um, which ally deck were you, were you thinking of? Uh, I'm on a blue, uh, blue white. Yeah, blue, blue white green um, okay. build, but it's the I'm still working the kinks out, but yeah, allies allies is interesting. Uh, I definitely. I, I hear people talking about allies. I, I think that it. I don't. I don't know how legitimate it is. Well, the regular but, version. I think that there are good people out there that are that are gonna they're gonna try and make it work, which is right. Kind of the fun of it. Sure. So. Sure. It's definitely something to to be aware of and to, and to try. Like this is this is a deck builder's wet dream. Yep. <laughs> like it's just like. Oh, I can make this deck and this deck and this deck, and yep. you know, nobody's going to be terrible because all the decks are, you know, seem terrible. <laughs> well, there's going to be there's going to be two main archetypes, I think, at states. First of all, states is generally skewed towards more aggressive strategies. Second of all, there's going to be a lot of people who just brew up whatever crap like us, you know, who think that they need to innovate and put new ideas out there. And then there's going to be people who have played the same tried, true, tested decks that have always been there um, with a few modifications like adding Koth to Mono Red or to Valakut Ramp or what have Valakut you. Ramp is, going to, is, is, is absolutely still going to be there. Sure. I mean, what they, what they lose is, you know, is really rampant growth. That's the biggie. I mean, it's not the only card, but it's the biggie. Sure. Um, so, and, and so, so it just encourages them to play... You know some of the cards that other versions of Valakut Ramp were, were already still playing. Right. Like Valakut Ramp was, you know, there's a bunch of different builds. A lot of them weren't playing Herald because oh, it's so devastating if Meowly hits it, which is very true. But now, likelihood of you hitting, you playing against the Meowly in every in every deck is just lower. Well, I I, I still player. wouldn't I still wouldn't I still think Herald is too risky because Meowly should be in almost. Every, if not every blue deck. I, I still like Cultivate over Harrow. I, I don't disagree. But my point is that you're... Before, you would be punished severely for, for, for playing that card. Whereas now, you can take your chances... Right, and it's not as risk. much of a risk, right? Okay, um, so... So, moving, moving, moving on a little bit, um, I'm going to quick run through... Some of the other decks that I think that are out there, I'm not going to go on a list, but there's a um, a blue white tempered steel based deck that uh-huh. has like less than 20 lands. I think it's like 16, 16 or 17 lands. It works off of like Max Oval and you know Menmite and stuff like that. So that that deck's I think going to see play. I think that people are just going to be like crazy artifacts. Um, I think that there's 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 a, uh-huh. black is I don't know if it's prime, but I think people are going to be like hey. Let's try and make this work. Persecutor and you know maybe even black blue like a, a, a mid range deck with with Jay's Persecutor, something like that. Infect, we're you're going to see Infect at states. Too many people are going to be with sitting with a bunch of new scars cards in front of them and are going to try and run some you know putrefacts, right. white dragon type deck if they can if they can get those cards. So I definitely think that that's something that. Is, is even out there and possibly very viable. There's the infam, infinite mana um, mirror combo deck. Uh, I think that's a little less likely because that just in general combo is 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 a little. It's it's hard to do combo well early in the life cycle of a 
a metagame because you know so little about what exactly you're going to be facing and what kind of hate you need to main deck. So I think that that, that right. combo is, is very rough. But, you know, White Weenie's going to be out there. Uh, I, I saw a couple lists online, some Merfolk lists that are, are pretty interesting. Use your favorite card, Mr. New Ophidian. Right. Um, but I think what it all comes down to is really the argument of permission versus um, aggro, or control versus aggro. Um, control is very strong, very, very strong. But it's also going to be very, very <coughs> difficult to know exactly what kind of cards that you need to have main deck in terms of permission, and what specifically you need to be using that mana leak on when you know nothing about your opponent's deck when they play a land. You know, except for, you know, if a red, red land is played, you assume that they're going to, it's a cost-based deck. But if a green land's played, or if a blue land's played, or if a black land's what, what are, what's the, you know, the first card that you see, you might, you might pass up right. on an animal. And that's, and that's what playtesting is for, so that's why we yeah, recommend absolutely. spending this week and as much time as you can before next week playtesting the heck out of this. Build... It's it's really that's the thing too is that this type of format really advantages those who are going to put the time in because usually you would have a situation and Greg let me know what you think about this this is just my opinion where there's kind of a a, a floor and everyone play tests at least you know x amount of hours everyone that's competitive in the tournament ninety percent of them will play test you know, at least X amount of hours, and there'll be some who go way above that, but there's kind of like a standard formula. On the other hand, you know, in this tournament, there's not going to be a lot of time for play testing, and it's really going to reward those who put in the hours now, much more so because there's going to be so much more impact by that on their play skill and their comfortability with the format than those who haven't got a chance to check it out at all and aren't play testing with it or just play tested a little bit because there's not a, there's not that same type of floor there's a much higher i guess statistically call it you know a standard you know potential for standard deviation um, and it's really therefore going to advantage those who put in the time now so the situations that you're mentioning, Greg, I would say if people, you know, want to do well, you need to get comfortable with those situations now and play test your deck against a myriad of options. I totally agree. Also, that leads me to a, a point that is made kind of time again and ignored, unfortunately, time and time again, that whatever you end up deciding, don't wait till last minute. I mean, playing decks and getting an idea of what you're going to be playing against is really critical. But you can't wait till the last minute to make up your mind. Some people do and, and are very successful. Don't get me wrong. Some people, you know, can 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 manage to do that. Most players, and even the players that do that and end up successful, if they've chosen that deck, whatever deck they chose, if they've chosen that a week before and all of their playtesting was it with them at the helm of the deck that they chose, or having that deck be in the hands of of, of the person they're playtesting with, if they can force that as many hours with that deck that they are at least somewhat confident that they're going to be playing, they will have more experience. Even if it's not the best deck, even if it's not the best deck, they will have so much hours, man, you know, just 
right. with right. experience in that stack that they will outplay the vast majority of their opponents that didn't put any time into playtesting with the deck that very well may be better than them. So that's that's something that is exceptionally important. Whether you're playing control, aggro, or combo, doesn't matter. Right. But the so, Right, right, right. So, you know, we recommend checking that out. Um, we'll have more thoughts on this uh, in our next episode, which should be before states as well. But in the meantime, let us know your ideas, your thoughts. If you have any questions or want our advice on anything before states. And like we said, if you're in the Milwaukee area, give us a holler and we will let you know when we set something up because we are going to be playtesting before this format uh, is upon us, which is soon. Now, let's wrap up the show uh, with our shout-outs and with some mentions of some of the comments that we got. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. First of all, I want to say a big shout-out to MTG Cast Monday Night Magic, to all those guys who gave us some nice words on their podcast. Really appreciate it. And Tom was very kind, especially using... Uh, even though he didn't use the Mem Night Shyamalan idea I had for the show notes because, or for that show, because Connolly Woods was all up on M. Night Shyamalan for some reason. And while I definitely think he's phenomenal at magic, his ideas about movies, I'm starting to question, although, you know, I agree Unbreakable is great, Sixth Sense, but The Last Day of Render, dude, you know what I'm saying? Greg? No, you, you want it. You, you don't want to burn any bridges. Okay, fair enough. But I don't care. You might be great at magic, but, you know, Mem Night Shyamalan, I don't know, dude. But moving on, I uh, also want to say a big shout-out to Marcel over there who has the smooth, silky voice we've all come accustomed to, and he is awesome addition to their team. I emailed him earlier and let him know my thoughts and also... Um, I mean, I just got to put it out there. I'm going to have to take the title of the hip hop head on MTG cast network. Cause couldn't even identify our roots intro music, dude, the roots classic, but, uh, <laughs> the email back and forth, you can't show me this. yeah, <laughs> but, uh, no, he, yeah, he is, he is great. And I'm of course just joking around. Um, although, uh, if anyone would like to challenge, you know, the hip-hop head for MTG Cast, I'd love to hear it. Um, that being said, if you haven't listened to The Roots yet, check them out. They're amazing. Uh, we're going to put a link into the show notes about them as well. And thanks for, for all the... Seriously, thanks for all the kind words that we've gotten. We really appreciate it. Being new to the whole podcasting scene, you know, we just want to do this because we love magic. We love to support it. We love to get other people interested and we just want to share our thoughts with everyone else. So that's where it comes from and we appreciate it. Uh, moving on, we have a couple other shout outs, right, Greg? Yeah. So, um, I'll quick run into the MTG cast, uh, website comments and then, uh, you can finish this up. Okay. So you got, uh, we actually got uh, a lot of well, a lot of buzz for us on the MTG uh, Cast website. So uh, a lot of a lot of uh, positive feedback about the mitotic draft uh, format that uh, that well, Jonathan what? came up with. Yeah, it was it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. 
Um, yeah, thanks guys for that. Also, we we got some uh, feedback with with a, with a particular link actually, which we most definitely encourage you guys to check out. It is on the MTG Cast website um, in the comment section, the second comment by uh, Alex, which ha- says uh, use this link. It shows the top twenty cards in each color for cube as voted by the members of MTG Cast, uh, which is MTG Salvation Cube Forum. Hope this helps. So uh, thanks for that feedback. I, I imagine that that's useful to anybody who's really trying to get into into cube or even just you know going over uh, their cube and, and yeah, being curious about what else is out there. Awesome, awesome website. Thanks for that. And then uh, uh, Chris Otwell actually uh, responded and, and made a comment about how uh, at his F and M there are actually two high school teachers and one principal of a high school that uh, that play in their limited events, which is just Awesome, very very cool. To hear yeah, that, that that there's that kind of uh, interest within that within that that group of people. And and you know what I'm saying? It is a very interesting scholastic exercise. I mean, I always, you know, one of my good friends went to go teach. Uh, she did an AmeriCorps program where she basically like taught inner city children, you know, it was a Teach for America thing, I believe, out in Baltimore on the bad school system, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, she hadn't worked with that population very much before, and she was calling me for some advice and, you know, what I had done in my work and da-da-da. And I basically said, you know, if you can teach inner city kids in America one thing, it should be chess. But upon further evaluation, I think that you know, if we could somehow get magic into there, that would be great too. Because seriously, I mean, it's going to sound crazy, but you know, Greg, seriously, there's a lot of stuff people can be doing with their time, and this is a way that kids can expand their mind. And you know, I think it's a great thing to teach kids. I think it's wonderful. The only problem, of course, is that unlike chess, where you're only going to spend a certain amount of money cheap to get a chess at that magic, there's a whole other dynamic which can get expensive, especially if you're, you know in a situation where you can't buy new packs all the time and, and whatever. But I still think that it, it's something that we we should be encouraging the high school kids and everyone else. And, and so big props to uh, Otwell and to the uh, high school teachers and principal that play you know, over in Colorado Springs. That's awesome. And we hope that you're bringing that to the kids as well. And hopefully they can even come join you. Although that might be weird. Although I guess I would love to like... It'd be cool to windmill slam a cough against my high school teacher, especially math teacher. That'd be great. And be like, ah, oh, what's four more damage, son? My mountain's coming at you. <sighs> but nonetheless, <laughs> I hate math. A couple other shout-outs we want to give is to Alex, who is looking to become a judge. So I've been in contact with the judge cast, and we shot back some stuff. And I, I sent him the email, so hopefully... Uh, we can get that moving and get Milwaukee some more some more level twos and level ones around to help out. And also Tony C, who as always offered some great insight, right? Uh, much yeah, love Tony, to Tony. Tony, 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 uh, Tony definitely talked about you know uh, he actually requested that we talk a little bit more about states, which is very appropriate because he's already he's already been testing I think like two weeks, which is just phenomenal. Tony, uh, Tony is the our our proud native of Milwaukee that, that took, uh, well, I don't know what he took, but he was like fifth through eighth at the TCG uh, qualifier, TCG player qualifier last month. Right. So, uh, so yeah, he's been he's been all about standard even through the bitter end uh, of the, the last cycle and has already been play testing and 
eaten up the the new the new lists as they come out. And he wants to hear more about it. So uh, thanks for the feedback. We'll definitely be talking. Yep, and uh, thanks, Tony, for uh, your support. Keep listening and uh, keep spreading the word. And uh, we really appreciate it. And we're trying to. The show is still new, so we'd love to hear feedback. We're still kind of figuring out, you know, editing. As you can probably tell from tonight's episode, we're just going to have some. Uh, it's going to take a lot of time and have some extraneous noise because even right now there's probably this weird clicking you've been hearing this whole part of the episode, which I, we don't know where it's coming from, but it's going to mean a lot of editing for me, and hopefully it'll come out okay, but... So thanks for giving us your feedback. We'd love to hear it. We want to make this show better for you. We're only doing this because we love magic. We love the community. We want to make it better for everyone. So please continue to give us your feedback and let us know what we can do to make the show better. And one idea that we had, which we're going to be including in this show, is the rollout of our new... Well, we're going to put some new links on the on the show notes, and it's kind of like a special incentive for anyone that actually wants to check us out on the MTG Cast website, on the home site. You go to Four Spikes, and you'll find an awesome new video each time, or a new link. That'll be something interesting you can share with people, you can put on your Facebook status update. We promise you'll get some hits on it, because it is pretty dope, whatever we're going to put on there. Um, should we tell them what it is this week, or should we keep it... Should we keep it a secret so they have to go check it out and, and only learn if they see it on there? Greg, what do you think? Um, I'm, I'm pretty open to, to letting them uh, just kind of check it out. I, I, okay. I myself have not yet checked it out. Oh, you haven't? Oh, that's a gooder. I did not see it, so I can't speak okay. to... Uh, it's, there's no, it's not going to be any of that stuff that you hear on Monday Night Magic, like some blueberry marshmallows. What was it? Blue waffles. Blue waffle, that's what it was. So some, yeah, so, so somehow angry pancake or whatever. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm not going to see it. I don't know what the heck they're talking about. Whatever. Whatever it is, that's that's not what we're doing. Although, you know, it has its place. Whatever. But we're going to be putting on some, some appropriate ones, but it'll be dope. Um, and... We would love to hear any other ideas you guys have for us, so thanks for that, and thanks for anything else. And uh, how can our listeners reach us, Greg? So, forcebikes at gmail.com, forcebikes mm-hmm. on Twitter, uh, Jen Greg, uh, replacing the E's with threes, so G3NGR3G on Twitter for me, and uh, uh, forcebikes on Facebook. So you can check us out on, on all of those, those different things. We definitely want feedback, lots of feedback. You know, if you think that some of our ideas are crap, tell us. They're great, tell us. Uh, especially about standard as we look towards states. We are very humble. We do not think that we are the only people on, in the world that play this game and by far from the, the best. So we definitely encourage our, our spiky listeners to give us some uh, positive and negative feedback about some of the things we said. Yep, and we put up our uh, we put up our four spikes kind of informal poll on will costs price maintain go up or will it go down? And so far we've gotten it's going to maintain, and then if the deck is any good, it might go up. Uh, it's busted, and it's only going to get more so. Koth is overly broken. His price will his price will eventually rival the wild scrapers. And yes, it all depends on how big red plays. Those are all. Pretty good uh, overall 
ideas on it, although I would say I'm going to give my two cents, which is that Koth is definitely not going to be as much as Jace the Mind Sculptor, but it'll definitely be more than Elspeth, and that's my humble opinion. Um, we shall see. Greg, any predictions on Koth? Totally agree. I want to pick him up right now, even for what he costs. And like the fact that you got him off of somebody is, is surprising to me because I've actually found, and this is, this is a strong statement, but I've actually found that Koth is harder to get a hold of than Jace was at this time during World War II. Like I, I now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Pop is better now or blah blah blah. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But I traded for three Jaces in the first four days of Worldwake. I have been, not been able to get a hold of a single cough because every person who's gotten it has said it. A, it's going into my EDH. It's not for 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 sale or trade. Even if you offer me a hundred dollars cash. Um, really, a hundred dollars cash? Yeah, that, that that was definitely a, a phrase that was used to me. And then wow. Uh, Earlier, earlier today, Jake said, well, you offer me $100, I'll take it. But I mean, the, bo- the bottom line is that it's been extremely hard to get a hold of in a way that wasn't the case for, for, right. for Jake. Well, um, yeah, no one wants to miss out on, you know, as it's cliche now, but no one wants to miss the next choice. Because of Jake, Right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, that's that's... I mean, that's cliche, but it's true. But on the other hand, people, Jace is definitely better than Koth, but Koth is definitely great. So um, if Greg offers you 100 bucks, you take it and be happy. And in fact, go online and probably buy two more right now because I don't even think they're selling they're for 50 a piece. $50 in Star City still. Yeah, so, sell, so, go, so buy them from Greg and you know, sell for 100 and buy for 50 a piece. Sounds good. Anyway... Um, we are coming to the close of our show. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We appreciate it. The reason why we're experimenting with Skype is because we might have some new guests on. So if you know any uh, pros or spiky players or good tournament people in your area that would be interested, have them contact us, and we appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening. Any parting words of wisdom, Greg? You know, um, there is one one little spoiler for something that we plan to do for next week, and uh, if I put it in here, I'm sure that we will find a way of fitting it in next time. Uh, we are looking to do a, a great debate. We don't have a, a topic just quite yet, but um, uh, we we at least think that it might be amusing for you guys to uh, hear us disagree about some things. We we are we are very uh, we have some very fun and entertaining disagreements about um, card evaluations or decks or things of that nature and we want to give you a, a little bit of a taste of that uh, next week and uh, you guys can give us some feedback between now and then about either A, some subject matter that you might want us to talk about or B, if you think that's a great idea or just dog shit and you shouldn't do it. So <laughs> give us some feedback. That's my, that's my parting words. With that, we will bid you adieu. Adios. Ha, ha, ha.